Good morning. Wakey, wakey, rise and shine. Wonderful. Do you know what? Wonderful time of worship there. Uh, thank you, Pat. That's, that, was, uh, that was really special. Thank you. Um, so, we are continuing the series, uh, aren't we, of growing forward together. And can anyone remember what we've, uh, the subjects that we were spoke, uh, that we've, uh, uh, we've looked at? Can anyone? Unity. Unity. Anyone else? Don't worry, I have that problem as well. <laughs> it slips from my mind. Unity. We looked at kingdom. We looked at the kingdom of God in some respects over the harvest. Didn't we? We looked at the creation and we looked at understanding how provision comes through the food that we eat. And actually, part of that growing is as we look at the food that we eat on our plates, we know that it comes from our Heavenly Father that give us the tools and the ability to cultivate our lands. Then we looked at anybody else? Can anybody else think anything else? What did we look at? Renewed, renewed hope. We looked at Isaiah, didn't we? We looked at uh, uh, how, looking back sometimes at the stuff we don't need to, will hinder the way forward. And so we are now exploring. So we did go into Remembrance Sunday as well, didn't we? We had some, uh, some time reflecting on, um, on those who give their lives to serve our country. And now today we're going to look at giving and faith in God in our finances. And now, one of the top priorities in life, apart from health and well-being, family and friends, is money. Money. And money is a tough subject to talk about, both in church and sometimes in family life. But money is the commodity that we need because we have to deal with it and we have to think about it as we live in this capitalist society that, uh, uh, that uh, just encompasses everything around materialism. And while money is a necessity, we need... We need it. We need it to help us live, but it comes with its problems. And the Bible explains that if we allow money to take over our lives, in other words, if money controls us rather than we control it, problems inevitably follow. But essentially, this morning, uh, we're going to look at irrespective of how much money we have. We're going to look at what it means to give financially back to God. You know, uh, when Jesus was questioned by the Pharisees about money, can anyone remember what he said? Give back to Caesar what is Caesar's and to God what is God's. And so Jesus is implying that God sees this as an important element for our continued spiritual growth. 
And so we're going to explore not just what it means to give habitually, but what it means to give sacrificially and out of love. Now, if we're honest with ourselves, many of us, we struggle, don't we, with letting go of something that's of value in our lives. And we find ourselves quite often deflated by even just thinking about that notion. Just thinking about that. I remember some time ago, Anusha and I asked Jessica, who was about six or seven at the time, she had all these toys kind of accumulating, and we said, look, you know, it's time to get rid of them, time to give them away, recycle them, give them to charity. Jessica naturally reluctant to do so. And she said, she said, Dad, I, I, I don't want to let go of that. That's kind of, that's for me, that's mine, that's mine. So, after a good deal of persuasion uh, and a lot of chatting, a lot of prayer actually, we said, um, she came round to the idea. And then some months later, I was doing a bedtime routine and she started crying. I was just sitting in there to bed and she started crying. I was like, Jess, what's the matter? And she said, I miss Uki. And I'm like, Uki? Who's Uki? Uki, the little thing that we gave away to charity. And I was like, but Jessica, we gave that away months ago. We gave that away months ago. She was really upset. She was really upset. I think if we're honest, many of us here, we don't have to give away things of value or things indeed that we hold dear to us. And I think the same goes with our finances. Now, the Bible has a lot to say about money. A lot to say about money. Because money can be easily idolised and it can turn us away from God and lead us down a path of greed. That's what money can do in its horrid form. But just before uh, we look at our reading today, for those of you who aren't familiar with, with the book of Malachi, uh, it's the very last uh, book of the Old Testament. It's very short. Um, however, it's extremely challenging. Now, Malachi came along at a time when the people of Israel, they were finding it difficult to believe that God loved them. And subsequently, these people, they focused inwardly on their unfortunate circumstances that they were in, and they refused accountability for any of their own sinful actions. And so God sent Malachi to speak to them. And in Hebrew, Malachi uh, comes from the word meaning, does anyone know? Meaning messenger. And through Malachi, God told these people where they had fallen short of their covenant with him and that they needed to take responsibility for their own actions and serve God faithfully and in obedience. You see, these people, they had turned away from the true worship of God. And I wrote this because I want to emphasise true They turned away from the true worship 
of God, leaving themselves under judgment and in need of rescuing. So let's turn to those verses. So we, uh, we have Malachi uh, chapter 3, verses 6 to 10. Verses 6 to 10. Do you notice what it's entitled? Robbing God. It says this, I, the Lord, do not change. So you, the descendants of Jacob, are not destroyed. Ever since the time of your ancestors, you have turned away from my decrees and have not kept them. This is the important part. Return to me and I will return to you, says the Lord Almighty. But you ask, how are we to return? Will a mere God, sorry, will a mere mortal rob God? Yet you rob me. But you ask, how are we robbing you? In tithes and offerings. You are under a curse because your whole nation are robbing me. Because you are robbing me. Bring the whole tithe into the storehouse that there may be food in my house. Test me in this, says the Lord Almighty, and see if I will not throw open the floodgates of heaven and pour out so much blessing that there will not be enough room for it. Wow. See if I will not throw open the floodgates of heaven and pour out so much blessing that there will not be enough room to store it. You see, God doesn't change the things that are good for humanity. And this is because he, his love for us doesn't change. And so when God said to Israel, ever since the time of your ancestors, you have turned away from my decrees and not kept them, return to me and I'll return to you. God was saying, that is your call to repent. Return to me and I will return to you. That is God's call to repent. The people must repent. So that God then could help them out of the mess that they were creating for themselves at that time. So, what was going on? So in those days, people brought their, um, their tithes, that's 10% of their grain, of their weeds and olives, to be stored uh, in order that these offerings could be used to support the priests and the Levites of the temple. Those that were... Um, serving God in a vocational capacity. And these goods would have also met the temple expenses um, and quite likely to have met the needs uh, in the poor uh, of the community, uh, the poor community at that time. But you see, these people at that time of Malachi, they ignored their process of their tithe. They didn't give to God, their whole 10%, their tithe, they were holding back. And as a result, they were robbing God. So this led me to my question. As in those days, 
Those things were going to support the temple and the work of God. So why should we give first financially to our church here, to God's work, to God's mission? Why should we do that? Verse 10, bring the whole tithe into the storehouse that there may be food in my house. And I'm going to go somewhere with this, by the way. Test me in this, says the Lord Almighty, and see if I will not throw open the floodgates of heaven and pour out so much blessing that there will not be enough room for it. Prosperity gospel is out of the window here at this stage. I don't know if you've seen some of that. Don't entertain it. You see, the answer to their problems for them to bring was for them to bring the whole tithe to the storehouse, to do actually what God had commanded them to do. It wasn't that they didn't give anything. They gave things, but they fell short in their giving. It's hard to find another passage in Scripture that's comparable to where God says, test me in this. It's hard to find another passage. But as we read the whole of verse 10, I think that this tells us something very important about God. Really important. We cannot outgive God. You cannot outgive Him. Doesn't matter how much we bring, doesn't matter what we give, you cannot outgive Him. And this is what God is saying here. You cannot outgive me. I will pour out so much blessing, you ain't going to be able to handle it. You, this is what you need to do in order to receive those blessings. We'll never be able to outgive him. You see, God challenged these people to give according to his law so that he could bless them in abundance. And I think God is not just talking about the provision in everyday life. He's also talking about the blessing of peace that only comes from God. That is only found in him. Those are the blessings that we receive. The blessing of peace through our ignorance. Some of you may know this story. Our family was uh, exiled from Uganda in 1971 with no money, just the clothes that were given to us. Um, My dad passed away when I was eight, uh, leaving my mum in the UK with no money, no language skills, and no work. And throughout most of my childhood, um, there were times when I only had one meal in my day, which was our school meal. And I remember some evenings that feeling of hunger and not, not even being able to satisfy it. And I used to come home and I used to say to my mum, I'm hungry. And she would say, we don't, we don't have any food today. We don't have any food. I also remember uh, the ice cream man who'd uh, ring his little tone and uh, his little song and he'd come around the corner and all the kids would stop 
the ice cream man is coming, he's here. And they would stop what they're doing and run after this ice cream van. And me and my little brother, we hardly had any clothes, right? So we were just running up, and, uh, you know, just a pair of shorts. Sometimes we were just, <laughs> just running up as kids after this ice cream van. And this ice cream van would have all these kids around it and parents that were willing to buy their kids ice cream. But running after that van, uh, running after that van was all in vain because we had no money. And often we used to watch the kids eating their ice creams as we, as, yeah, as we, uh, as we rolled up, rocked up to it. And it was just, just one of those horrible, horrible situations in life. And some of you may have been through that. When we came over from Uganda to the UK where we grew up, the local church invested in helping Ugandan Asians in poverty like us. And it was there that we were, through that church, we were often fed another meal, which is fantastic. We used to get bags of food left at our door. It's wonderful, wonderful. The church also funded uh, uh, Cornwall trips where I used to camp as a child. I used to go to Covenanters as part of the Anglican church. Uh, there were JUCOs, I think some of us remember that um, uh, if you've ever been uh, to a youth group in the, in the Anglican C of E church. Um, and they used to take us to camp. And the only reason I was able to go to, the, to these camps was literally because people had paid there was enough money in that pastoral fund to enable us to go. Some years ago, a um, couple of times actually, I took Jessica and Anoush back to, the, back to the place in Cornwall where I camped. I just felt led to go back there. I just thought, I've got to go back there. Why do I, want, why do I need to go back there? And it was literally this. I stood by the field which was now a grazing field for cattle the sheep and the cows that they had there. And I stood there and I just looked, I just looked at this field and I just thought, wow, God, you're amazing. How wonderful those times I had as a child because, because you gave to me. Thank you. Thank you. And I gave him thanks just for that provision. We were helped by the very people who gave financially into the church. And through their giving, the hope of salvation came to our door. You see, these people, they didn't just give to give so that they could pay bills first in the church. They gave because of God's love for humanity. And because of those great blessings, you know, from that church that I received as a child, I eventually gave my life to Christ. Here I am today fulfilling whatever it is that God is calling me to do. And the calling that he's placed on me and my family. And indeed, this blessing will now turn into a further blessing as we continue to bless others with the work that God is calling us to do. 
if you're a Christian here today and you are a follower of Jesus and you worship here regularly and you do have some sort of income, some sort of regular income, if you don't already, then I encourage you to seriously think about regularly contributing to the works and the ministries of the church that belongs to God. There are so many other charities that we support. You see, the reason I think that we should give to the church is the church then can distribute out to the charities that they pray for, to the charities that are given that opportunity to be supported through the work of God's kingdom in this place. The primary aim of salvation is the church of God. Salvation only comes through God's people into the community. That's where we need to focus our hearts and our minds. And that's why I believe that this is where God wants all of us to invest. And that's here first. Challenging, but it's... But I believe that's what he wants us to do. But paradoxically, right, God doesn't need our money. I sat there, just think about that for a moment. I was thinking, hang on a minute. God doesn't need our money. He created the universe. Why would he need our money? You see, God wants this from us. He wants us to do first and foremost, as his people, is to have complete faith in him, which includes our finances. That is what he wants from us. And of course, giving can also include time and other resources that we might have. And God is saying this, put me first in your giving and I will be first in every area of your life. That's what he is asking us to do. If we trust God with our salvation, we should trust him with our finances. If we trust, if we value God, we should value his church. Money isn't, um, well, I mean, it's, it isn't an easy subject to talk about, as I said earlier. But we need to trust that God is using his finances in the right way and to trust the leaders and those people who have taken the responsibility and accountability to look after the stewardship of money. There's, there's opportunity to know more about that. Um, I know Suzanne is our treasurer um, and I'm sure um, we can start looking at giving good and regular, concise updates for everybody to know what's happening with our finances. So how then should we give? Well, first of all, 
what do we need to do? Anyone? What do we need to do? 100%. 100%. Thank you, Jane. We need to pray. Prayer is something that has been laid on my heart for us as a church. God is saying, pray. Wait. Pray. Be patient. Understand. Discern well with the wisdom of the Holy Spirit. We need to align our hearts with his. We can get then our priorities right. And everyone's finances are different. But ultimately, our hearts need to be ready to give. I'm not going to go into the theology of the Old Testament, ceremonial law, judicial or moral. But let me tell you this. The Old Testament law of tithing was set out so the people of Israel... It was set out so that they would first give to God and in return be blessed. You see, I believe that the Old Testament tithing principle can still be used as a benchmark for today's giving. Many people use it. Simply because this idea originally came from God. Jesus didn't come and say, I'm going to get rid of all that stuff in the Old Testament. It's a load of tosh. Here I am. I'm going to do this instead. What he did, he came. He did completely the opposites. What he did, he said, I'm going to come and fulfill the law. I'm going to give you new hope through what I'm going to do on that cross. Jesus died so that we could, so that that scripture in that Old Testament could be fulfilled today. So we know who Jesus is. So we know who, who God is in our relationship with him. Don't ignore the Old Testament. Don't ignore the Old Testament. Because there is so much wisdom that comes from that and the threads of Jesus just intertwined in scripture for us today. Of course, if you wanted to, and this is another sermon, I'm not going to go down this road, but if you're talking about ceremonial law, yeah, there's certain things that God says, you know, you can let go of that. Paul talks about some of that stuff. Let go of that. Because he now brings an equality in place through Jesus. No Jew, no Gentile, slave or free. And that equality comes through Jesus Christ. And when he came to be with us, Jesus enhanced that idea that our giving should come from the hearts. You know the widow's mite story? Remember that? Yeah? What did the widow's mite do? She gave everything she had. Why? Because it came from here, not from a principle She gave from here. Jesus is saying, our giving should come from the heart because when it does, more often than not, the heart will give more than the 10% that was dished out in the Old Testament. Here's what Paul says, the apostle, in 2 Corinthians verse 9. 
uh, chapter 9, verse 7, he said, each of you should give what you have decided in your heart to give, not reluctantly. Don't ever give in reluctance. And the other point about prosperity gospels is do not ever give when you're in debt. If you're struggling financially, go to God with it. Fix those finances. Don't worry about And as I said to you, paradoxically, God does not need our money, so just be careful how we give and be wise and good stewards, not reluctantly, not under compulsion. God loves that cheerful giver. You see, we should first give to God because he first gave to us. Everything we own belongs to him. Believe it or not, the 90% still belongs to God. What he's asking us to do is to steward it well. Steward what you have well. Because when we give, it pleases God. When we give, we start to trust, we start to trust God with everything that we own. When we give, our lives can be used by God. When we give, our faith will grow. When we give, we become more compassionate. When we give, God is glorified. And when we give, God's work will be carried out and those needs in poverty and suffering will be met. And guess what? This is the next blessing. The opportunity of salvation will come to people's lives through our giving. That is why God calls us to give. And giving is not between you and I, as Jane continually... Actually, we continually talked about that as well, didn't we? Giving is between you and God, not any of the leaders of the church, not between you and me. It's a spiritual encounter. So when you decide to give, give freely, because God can be a blessing in your life. Give freely. On top of that, you can be a blessing to others. Shall we pray? Father God, you know, Lord, we thank you for the understanding, Lord, that as we look at your words, money seems to be something that we... that is a necessity, but we look to you, Lord, for all the wisdom that we need in order to steward well, Lord, we pray. We thank you, Lord, that you have given us the opportunity for work the opportunity in our pensions, the opportunity in this country that is brought so that people are able to sustain a living. We do realise, God, that there are cost of living crises at the moment, Lord, and we pray for the regular money that comes in already. You're already blessing us, Lord. But Lord, you know, we want to pray for those who are struggling in all aspects of their finances. And Lord, would you just come by your Holy Spirit so that they may receive that help they need, that guidance, that person 
to help them along their way. Lord, we thank you for Cap. And we thank you for all the work that they do in order to help people those who are struggling. Thank you for the food bank. Because of your love, Lord, people may know you in such a profound way. And Lord, we pray for continued wisdom for this church here to use the finances that he's being blessed with to glorify you, to honour you. Everything we have, Lord, belongs to you. And just as the song says, you are an awesome God. that good news of Jesus and the wonderful salvation plan that you have. Not just for the few, but for the many. In Jesus' name.